0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winning and Money podcast. I am Paul Murray, broadcasting from my subterranean office here in my home that I affectionately call The Bunker, and I am really excited to present to you today part one in what is a multi-part series on tax-free retirement. You see, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about investing and what they're going to do in their retirement. But I would have to tell you that in in my 20 plus years experience in working with private clients, there are very few people who have come into my office and said, I am really concerned about the effects of higher taxes. And yet, in fact, this is probably one of the biggest risks to a secure retirement. As we all know, taxes are the way that our government brings in revenues to pay for all the things that we do in this country. And I think if I were to ask someone how they felt about the taxes that they're paying, they probably would respond to me by saying as a matter of fact, I feel like I'm paying the highest taxes that I've ever paid in my life. Taxes are so high. The government is is just, you know, mishandling all of our finances. And I'm overpaying all my taxes. I'm upset about it. But very interestingly, if you look at the tax code, what I can tell you is that taxes in the United States of America have never been lower than they are today. I mean, you have to go back to a very brief period of time in the the 1980s to find a time when they were this low. And then you'd have to go all the way back to the Great Depression, to find another time that taxes were as low as they are today. For most of the modern history of the United States of America, taxes have not only been higher, but they've been substantially higher. It might surprise you to know that during the last couple of years of World War II, if you were one of the highest earners in the United States of America, for every dollar that you earned over 200000 which at that point was a very, very large amount of income, you were paying a 94% tax rate. The highest marginal tax rate was 94%. And if you look at that, that 94% rate declined somewhat. And by the time you get to the 60s, you're in the upper 80s. By the time you get to the 70s, we're now in the 70s, literally. Okay, so for the decade of the 70s, your highest marginal bracket was about 70%. The highest marginal bracket today in the United States is 37%, 37%. And that's down from 39.6%. Now, how did we wind up in this situation where we have the lowest taxes in the history of our country. Well, it's long been the belief among people in government that lower taxes are better. It's going to spur economic growth. That economic growth is going to equate to higher revenues for the government that is going to offset the tax decreases or tax cuts that the government shares with all of us from time to time. And I do mean from time to time because there are certainly times when the government realizes this whole tax cut thing just ain't working and then the taxes go up and then another administration comes in and believes that if we just lowered taxes, we'd spur enough economic growth that we would overcome these tax cut, you know, revenue decreases and, 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 and just generate all this wonderful revenue for the government. We'd be a better country for it. And it almost invariably, never, it doesn't work <laughs> to be plain. And that is not a political statement. That is an economic fact. So let's examine why we have the lowest taxes. We have the lowest taxes because under President Trump, the Congress and the Senate passed what is known as the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Now, taxes were already low by that point. The highest marginal rate was 39.6, which is kind of the highest level that it's been over the last two, three decades or so. What the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act did was it lowered that highest marginal rate to 37%. But there's a couple of things that were happening behind the scenes in this sort of tax cuts plan that I think are really important for you to understand about where things are today and what, what we can expect going forward. So when the Congress and the Senate were kind of hammering out this deal, not only did they lower the marginal rates. So, so back there in 2017, the lowest rate was 10%. Then we went to 15%. Then we went to 25%, then 28, 33, 35, and 39.6 where we are today is 10% 12% 22% 24% 32% 35% and 37% but not only did the tax bracket marginal rates come down but in fact the 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 amount of income that you could earn to remain in a given bracket expanded. In other words, I can earn more money and be in the 22% bracket today than I would have been able to earn in 2017 and be in the 25% bracket. So not only did they lower taxes as a result of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, but they also expanded the tax brackets so that you could fill them up with more income. In other words, across the board, undeniably, unequivocally, and absolutely, Americans got a tax cut. Now, there are are nuances to this whole tax act having to do with Property tax deductions and some other sort of things that didn't quite work out for some people. But if we're just talking about your tax brackets, they're definitely lower and it's better from a taxation standpoint than it was prior to January 1 of 2018. But probably the most significant thing that happened when they put this tax bill together, is that they built in a a safety net. You know, the Congress and the Senate, they don't like to raise taxes. So in order to avoid having to raise taxes, they literally put in a sunset clause that said, all of these low taxes are by law going to go away on January 1 of 2026. That's in the law. Most people don't know that. Unless they literally change the law to extend the tax cuts that were passed in 2017, the taxes will automatically go back to 2017 levels. And that is a very important thing for all of us to understand. By law, everyone will receive a tax increase on January 1 of 2026. And nobody is talking about it. At some point, we'll start talking about it, but nobody's talking about it right now. So for those of you who are out there saying, I've never paid more taxes in my entire life, well, maybe you're making lots and lots more money than you've ever made in your life. Because if you look at the marginal tax brackets, you have never been taxed at a lower rate in the modern history of the United States of America. So when we talk about taxes in relation to retirement. They are so important because it doesn't matter how much you've saved. It only matters how much you have after taxes. And if your taxes are going to be higher at some point in the future, is your planning in retirement reflecting that? I would say For most people, not necessarily. I don't see a lot of financial planners modeling in higher tax rates when they're doing their financial plan. I mean, of course, there's discussions about inflation and bad markets and things like that, but when a lot of financial planners are doing and creating financial plans, they're not talking about the sunsetting of the current low tax rates and the increase in taxes that by law is going to occur on January 1 of 2026. Now, the Congress and the Senate can pass a law to kick the can down the road. You know, we talk about why we have the situation that we're in right now, because I think the elephant in the room is we all have to understand that in 2022, for the first time in the history of the United States of America, we eclipsed $30 trillion in national debt. That is a very important psychological number for the first time ever. And you know, when we think about our financial debt, our country's financial debt, it has become such a big part of what we call our gross domestic product, our our output. Our debt has exceeded the output of our economy, and that is unprecedented in the, in the history of the United States of America. So let's talk about the national debt just for a minute because the reason why taxes have to move higher are, are numerous, but one of the big reasons why taxes will have to move higher in your future and will affect your after-tax income in retirement is because of our national debt and because of the fact that the interest on the national debt is really a taxpayer's responsibility. I mean, your tax dollars go towards paying for Interest on the national debt. At this point, you know, I think it's important to understand, you know, when people talk about, well, who owns our debt? It's it's the Chinese, right? They own they own most of our debt. Now that's simply not true. China owns a lot of debt. Japanese, the Japanese own a lot of debt of the United States, but the majority of United States debt is owned by U.S. taxpayers, institutions here in the United States, insurance companies, and some other foreign governments for sure but interest payments are really important it's it's, a, it's 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 this the most important consideration you know we we had a podcast uh, about bonds and what is a bond well our national debt is essentially the government issuing bonds it's a promise to give you your money back you give them a billion dollars for treasury bonds and 10 years later They're going to give you your money back. And during that period of time, they're actually going to pay you a rate of return. This is why investors invest in the United States of America. So mounting national debt simply means that we are increasing the amount of interest that we're going to owe all the people and countries and institutions who lend money to the United States government so that the government can operate. And as you know... Almost every year, the government has a conversation with itself about increasing the debt ceiling. Increasing the debt ceiling simply means we can take on more debt, and we have now surpassed $30 trillion in debt. Now, again, this is important because of the fact that your tax dollars will pay the interest on that national debt. And something very interesting is happening here in 2022, and that is that interest rates are on the rise, which means that the cost of our national debt is increasing as well. That is a very important consideration. Coming out of the great financial crisis in 2008, interest rates were cut to zero. We had the lowest 10-year bond yields in history during the coronavirus experience. 10-year bond yields went down to a half of a percent. As I'm presenting this podcast to you today in early May, 2022 I can tell you that the 10-year bond yield has reached 3%. Now, paying interest on, at a half a percent and paying interest at 3% is a very very big difference, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the direction of interest rates, they're going higher, and as a result, that is also the direction of tax rates. Now, if you look back in history, I think it's worth mentioning that the national debt is not a political Situation. What's going on in the national debt is something that has really been contributed to by most administrations throughout history. If we simply go back 22 years to when George W. Bush became president of the United States, over those eight years that he was president, he added $5.85 trillion to the national debt. Over the eight years that Barack Obama was president of the United States, he added $8.6 trillion to the national debt. When Donald Trump came into office, by the end of his term, he added $6.7 trillion to the national debt in four years, not eight years, four years. And Joe Biden is continuing in that tradition. It's simply wrong to suggest that, you know, Democrats are bigger spenders than Republicans. The, the Congress and the Senate are across the board on a bipartisan basis, simply spending more money than we are taking in, which is resulting in budget deficits and resulting in this 30 plus trillion dollars debt and growing that we currently have. So I feel like I've said enough about debt because I think that we all know sort of somewhat about the fact that our country has a debt problem. But maybe you're not thinking of it in terms of how that affects you. Well, I can tell you right now that your tax dollars pay the interest on the national debt. And at some point in time, the national debt will become so large that all of your tax payments will be going to just pay for that one thing. But wait a minute, we have all these other programs that we're we're involved with. So that's where the debt is going to balloon even more. And Congress and Senate, just they just want to kick the can down the road to avoid raising your taxes for as long as possible. Well, there's two other reasons why taxes have to go up that I really wanna talk about. And, and we could just kind of write together a very long list of the reason why taxes have to increase. But the two biggest reasons are Social Security and Medicare. You probably became aware over the years of the fact that Social Security and Medicare, their trust funds are running out of money. And in fact, we know, and the Social Security Administration publishes an annual report, a trustees report every year. We know that Medicare's hospital fund will become insolvent in 2026. And we also know that Social Security's trust fund will become insolvent in 2033. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that we're going to lose Medicare and we're going to lose Social Security? No way. There's over 300 million people in the United States of America, and the majority of them desperately need Medicare and Social Security. Failure to fund Social Security and Medicare simply would throw tens of millions of people into poverty. That simply is not going to happen. Americans are going to receive Social Security and Medicare, the only question is, how much higher will their taxes become as a result? So if I want to get my Medicare benefits, and I want to receive my Social Security benefits, I must understand that you know my employment taxes and the employer taxes pay for that. Your taxes, your tax dollars pay for these programs. So the coming insolvency of Medicare and Social Security is so critical because... We're going to either experience, in the case of Social Security, a 25% cut in benefits in 2034, or we're just going to have to find a way to fund this program. Now, I would submit to you, it is inconceivable that we would cut Social Security benefits for pretty much all Americans. What I will tell you is, is that you will pay higher taxes in retirement in order to make sure that you continue to receive your Social Security benefits, so the the triumvirate, the trifecta of national debt increasing, Social Security and Medicare insolvencies, is going to push taxes higher. At some point, you can only kick the can down the road so far because then we have all kinds of other programs. I mean, we have our you know our our national defense. We've got um, you know. All f- sorts of of government programs that are are helpful, you know, uh, children's nutrition, and um, you know the CIA and the FBI, and all these programs that are out there that 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 just you know the Environmental Protection Agency, you know, Federal Emergency Management. I mean, the, the government operates a budget based on our revenues from taxes coming in. So, as you examine how you Are going to be pulling money from your retirement in the future, most of us are going to be pulling it from IRAs and 401ks because that's how we were told to save. We take a current tax deduction up front because we can grow our assets on a tax-deferred basis, and then we'll pull them out in retirement, and we'll be in a lower tax bracket, and we're going to therefore pay less in taxes. We'll be spending less money in retirement. You know, anecdotally, over my 20 plus years in in working with private clients, I've not found this to be true, that people are spending substantially less in retirement. So taxes in retirement are really important, very important considerations. Now, in the next few episodes focusing on a tax-free retirement, we're going to talk about how to reduce and eliminate taxes very concretely the things that you can do to mitigate the risk of higher taxes in your future. Because when you look at the evidence, it is mounting that you know we are going to experience significantly higher taxes. So we have the expiration of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 on January 1 of 2026. If you're currently paying taxes in the 22% bracket, it's going to 25%. If you're paying taxes in the 24% bracket, it's going to 28. If you're paying taxes at 12% today on January 1 to 2026 by law, that's going to increase to 15%. I bet you didn't know that. Many people don't know that their retirement distributions, the, the funds they pay from their retirement accounts are taxed as if you're going to work. They're going to hit your tax brackets. There's no special rate for taking money out of your retirement account it hits the prevailing tax brackets. And if those brackets move higher, you're going to pay more tax on your retirement distributions. You could be in a higher tax bracket. You could lose deductions like your mortgage interest when you pay off your house and your kids move out. And you're no longer taking a deduction for putting money into a 401k or an IRA. Now you're pulling the money out. You lose a lot of deductions, tax brackets are moving up, you're paying higher taxes. There's a lot of Americans out there who don't know that their Social Security will be taxed. The majority of middle-class Americans are going to find out that 85% of their Social Security benefits are going to be taxable at whatever the prevailing rates are at any given point in time. And I will tell you that the IRS is your partner. They own a portion of your retirement. And the portion of your retirement that the IRS owns is defined by the tax brackets. Today, we know that the IRS owns a certain amount. On January 1 of 2026, that percentage ownership is going to increase. And in the future, there have been a number of studies by the Congressional Budget Office and by other government officials that have suggested on a nonpartisan basis, they've suggested that tax rates would literally have to double in the future to solve our country's fiscal challenges. So when you think about your retirement, it doesn't matter how much you've saved. It only matters how much you have on an after-tax basis. And for that reason, tax rates matter probably as much as anything you're considering about what may be going on in the markets at any given point in time. I want to thank you for listening to the Winning at Money podcast. I'm Paul Murray, and we look forward to bringing some good news to you in the next program.